Hey, how you doing, church? Everybody doing good today? Come on. So excited to be with you today. Awesome, awesome. Bridge City Church, Murraysville is a great place to be, right? Come on. Yes, it is. We are one church in four locations, and this is one of six worship times that our church provides on Sunday mornings, and I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a great time today. Today is part four of You Asked For It. So you asked for, we uh, polled, uh, actually there was well over 600 people that had an opportunity to submit questions and topics that we would answer for you over the next couple weeks. And, um, and so we've been steadily but surely answering those questions, going after them all, and taking some time to do so. And uh, this is actually the third highest questioning that uh, came in. It was actually, there was a, a lot of miscellaneous questions, and then last week we answered them in the third highest, but it has to do with the 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 rapture, the end times. Uh, come on, like, 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 what does our church believe about the end times and rapture? And uh, usually this is a fun topic. How many of y'all, like, I didn't know you were talking, oh, no, come on. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, yeah, yeah, come on. I See, I know this when it comes to the end times. See, I, I met Jesus a couple, like, decades ago, not just a couple decades, a couple, couple de- decades ago. And, um, and, and, I, and I met him, how many of you ever heard of, the charismatic movement. Have you all heard that term maybe? Yeah, yeah, for those of us over 50, like you understand that, yeah. And so, um, and so the, the charismatic movement was a time when, um, and, and that's when I met Jesus as a, as a follower of Christ. And, and, and what happened, there was this term we used a lot, and it was Maranatha, Maranatha. And, and, and Maranatha means, oh Lord, come, come Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, it was very common in church times, like you'd say, somebody would say, Maranatha, he is coming, and everybody else would repeat, he is coming soon. I mean, there was this looking for Jesus to come. I mean, there was this Maranatha. Matter of fact, we had Maranatha shirts, Maranatha hats, Maranatha bracelets. There was Maranatha music. How many of y'all remember Maranatha music? Come on, somebody. Yeah, I see those hands. Yeah, there was Maranatha publishing. There was actually Maranatha Church. That was, a, that was a very common name for a church in the time. I mean, everything was Maranatha. I mean, he's coming soon. You better get ready. I mean, there was, see, what happened was when I met Jesus, there was, a, there was an urgency that, like, Jesus is coming, and you better get ready. As a matter of fact, there was a thought process in the teaching that, that if you are in a movie theater, when Jesus comes back, and you're not watching a good movie, you ain't going. I'm sorry, that, 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 I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just telling you that was, the, that was the mindset. Anybody remember such times? Come on, such times as this. And so, but, but what's happened, and like, listen to me, what's happened over decades is we've kind of fell into a time where we're like, well, Jesus hasn't come back yet, and so, like, he's not here. And so it's kind of like, like, Mar- no, like nobody says Maranatha anymore. There's no shirts. There's no t-shirts, there's no hats. It's kind of like, well, he didn't come back, so it's all good. You know, like, 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 like let's stop living like he's going to come back. But what happens when you have a mindset of the end times and you have a mindset of Maranatha, you can't help but care about other people. And if you get nothing out of today, nothing at all, which I believe you're going to get a lot, if you get nothing, it's, it, 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 it is that... that when we think about the end times, when we think about like Jesus' return, we should get excited about it. 
No, I'm saying we should be excited about it, not like, oh, man. I mean, think about the Apostle Paul in Philippians. He said, you know, quite frankly, I'd rather die and go to heaven. But for you, I'll stay. He's like, ah, for you, I'll stay. That's like, really, that's really what he was saying. He was saying, for your sake, I'll stay here. But there's a much better place in heaven. Heaven's going to be an absolute blast. I'm excited about it. And so today, we're going to be covering a lot of Bible verses. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get your phone handy because you're going to want to take a picture of them, okay? And if you get me in the picture, it's cool, but it's more important to get the Bible verses, okay? And you're going to want to take a picture or you're going to want to take notes because I'm going to give you a lot, okay? But I want, to, like, I want to answer your questions about the end times. I want to answer your questions about, about what do we know clearly is in the Bible. Now, we as a church, Bridge City Church, believe what is clearly in the Bible. I'm going to get to that in just a little bit. So we believe in the Word of God, okay? We believe that's the inspired Word of God, which equips us and trains us and corrects us and does all those things. How many of y'all believe that? Come on with me. There you go. Okay, so there's going to be signs of the times, signs of the times. And so many people come to me and they ask me this question, Pastor, 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 are we in the end times? And let me just tell you, we're one day closer than we were yesterday, just my thoughts, okay? There will be signs of the times. This is what we know. There's going to be false Christ and false signs leading people away. There's going to be false Christ, falseness. I believe this is where YouTube was designed and created right there. Just my thoughts. You'll get that later. And um, wars and rumors of wars, famines, natural disasters, persecution of believers. Now, when I say persecution of believers, I'm not talking about you can't have a Maranatha sticker at your, at your desk. I'm talking about in the world we live in right now, Christians, Bible-believing, confessing Christians are being persecuted and martyred on a daily basis. We don't think that way. We don't know that. And so there's a persecution of believers, a mass persecution of believers. Okay, let's go on and look at the other signs. Social unrest, widespread apostasy, which means people will abandon their faith. Okay, people are going to abandon their faith. And there's a great tribulation. Now, the great tribulation I speak of right here is, is like way worse than anything you can ever imagine. It, 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 the words there in Matthew 24, I know you're going to look this up because you're going to write down Matthew 24 and 25, and you're going to write down 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. You're going to want to read those this week. You're going to want to look at that. This as it contains a lot about the end times and about the rapture and all. Okay, you're going to read it for yourself. Okay, and so the great tribulation, and, and the, now let me, I, I can say this with, with a pure heart. I don't believe we're in the great tribulation because I believe it's going to get a lot worse. I don't believe, because I don't believe we've seen anything totally worse than we've ever seen before. We've just seen a lot of crazy chaos. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion. See, I'm going to separate opinion from what I know is on in the Word. Okay? So the Great Tribulation is going to be great. So those are the signs of the times. Now let's look, what do we believe about the end times? Okay? In 1 Thessalonians 5.2, Jesus is going to come unexpectedly. That means unexpected. He's going to come as a thief in the night. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to come upon you. The dead in Christ will be resurrected. 
Believers who are alive at his coming will be caught up to meet him. I'm giving you verses there. You're going to look them up. See, these are, these are end times. This is what do you believe? We believe all these things, okay, that are clearly there, okay? Here we go. We believe in the judgment seat of Christ where every person's going to stand. That's called the Bema seat. That's the judgment seat of God. When you die, all of us are going to stand before God. Every person's going to stand before God. We're all going to stand there. That's the judgment seat of God, the Bema seat. Then there's, a, there's another judgment there. It's the final judgment. And uh, many people don't, they, they don't believe in these two things here. It's like the final judgment, and then there's the lake of fire, the second death judgment. That's where the lake of fire, that's permanent, permanent death. Death is separation. That's what death means, separation. It's the second death. Now, we also believe in the new heaven and a new earth, okay? We believe, listen, I, I didn't put this on here, but I believe we're going to get new bodies in heaven. Come on, somebody. Come. How many of you are excited about that? Come on. Where calories don't count. Come on. Leah. Come on. And there's going to be a banquet in heaven. I, I, a couple other little things that, like, I want to let you know, I've been studying for weeks for, for just this, this message because so, it contains so much. There's so much in here. So what do we believe about the end times? I'm, I'm going to tell you, these things are very, very clear in the end times. This is it. This is what we believe. Believe in all these. Most Bible-believing Christians believe all these things. Where we run into problems, this is where the problem comes, is we run into problems of the sequence or the timing of all these things. When are these things going to happen? What is the timing? What is the sequence? How is this going to unfold? How are we going to know? And, 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 and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in a couple minutes, I'm going to get into that, in, into the, the four different thoughts. But see, i got to say all this because I'm trying to give you what we know, and there's some things that, we're, that we don't know. Okay, there's some things that we're, we're not sure of. So what, what do we believe, and how do we believe it, and all these things. See, even the book of Revelation, it's a metaphorical, allegorical, you know, I mean, you've got to read it, and, and it's, not, it's not like, I, I don't want to say it's not literal, because that's not true, but it's, it, it, you've got you to gotta study it. It's symbolic. It's like reading a parable that Jesus said. Like parables, you've got to, what's the meaning behind it? What's the purpose behind it? And the biggest thing I want to give you today is not just a bunch of stats and facts and figures. I want to give you a way to come to some conclusions for you, okay? Is that, is, is that good? Now, there, there's frameworks, and, and before I get into all the frameworks, I'm just going to tell you this. Many people come to me, and they, they say, Pastor, what is, this, what is this church? Are you a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Now, that doesn't mean, do I believe in the morning edition of the Tribune Review or the after? I'm just messing with you. Okay, I'm just kidding you. No, now, I'm going to get into tribulation. I'm going to get into the millennial thinking, and millennials a thousand, and there's a thousand years, and seven years here, and you got to read it with that mindset. And so, and, and I'm going to tell you that, that many people, they, they want to divide over. Do you know church splits happen over whether you're pre-trib or, or, or post-trib? See, back in the Maranatha days, there was a common, like, there was all, you talked all the time. You were like, 
Are you mid-trip, pre-trip, post-trip? I mean, we just, you automatically, you talk that way all the time. What do you believe? Pre-trip? you believe we're going to leave before the great tribulation? Do you believe God's going to leave us here? Do you believe you're part of the remnant? There was all this talk. But again, because it's taken so long, we don't even talk about the end times anymore. We don't. We don't even, like, kind of go there. So I want to give you four thoughts about the tribulation, like when the rapture will happen, okay, and when God's... When God's going to send Jesus to come back for his church, okay? Let's look at the first one. Are you, are you tracking me so far? Okay. Okay, here we go. Now, this dispensational pre-millennialism. I don't want to let you know. I'm pre-millennial. I was born before 1980. Some of you will get that later, okay? Come on. Um, I'm not a millennial. I'm a pre-millennial. Birth date wise, just birth date wise, okay? Just work with me here, okay? So dispensational premillennialism talks about a pre-tribulation rapture, a pre-great tribulation rapture, I should say, okay? Jesus will return for his faithful, the church, before things get really bad. How many of you remember the old book series, Left Behind? I see a lot of hands. Left Behind. Everybody read all the Left Behind. Yeah, right? So I get scared. Every now and then, if you, if you sinned, you called your friends to make sure they were still here. They didn't get raptured without you. How many of y'all did that? Okay, now you won't admit it, but you did it. Come on. It's like, yeah, come on. Yeah, I know a lot of people that did that. That's what they did. And, um, and so they, they, they left. Now, left behind comes from a dispensational premillennial. That means a pre-rapture pre-tribulation. That's that mindset, okay? So many people in the evangelical wor world have a mindset, Jesus is going to take us, and then things are going to get really bad. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just giving you that mindset. Now, let's look at another one. Let's look at the second one here. Historic pre-millennialism. This is called historic or classic because at the birth of Jesus' church, which is in Acts chapter 2, at the day of Pentecost, that's when his church started. They believed this. They believed in historic premillennialism that Christians will endure and they'll persevere and remain steadfast through the tribulation. But premillennial means that they'll, they'll, they're going to leave before it gets really, really bad, but they're going to suffer through tribulation, but not the great tribulation. That was the classic. So there was encouragements to stay faithful. There was encouragement, be careful of your conduct. There was encouragements to, like, you know, live godly lives. Be careful. Are you tracking me? Okay, let's look at this third one. This third one, I'll be honest, I was very shocked to know that a lot of, I'm not going to name them, because it's not my purpose to name them, but there's a lot of mainline denominations that believe in a millennialism, and that means it's just a figurative approach. Most of the things in the book of Revelation have already happened. They're already there. They may or may not have happened. We're not really sure. It's just kind of like nobody really knows for sure, but these things happened, and, 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 you know, and, and, and it, it's all going to be okay. That's a millennialism. Now let's look at this last one, our fourth one here. It's post-millennialism, known as, I'm going to use the word, like, like the, remember, there's pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. That means Jesus' church is going to endure, okay? And, 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 and it, Christians will be ushering in 
by the preaching of the gospel, making the world heaven on earth and preparing the world for Jesus' return. Those are the four views. Simplest as I can explain it to you. Okay, that's as simple as I can go. There's basically a, a dispensational premillennialism. I've been practicing saying this for days, trying to get it right. Premillennialism. There we go. And, um, and then there's, there's the classic, and then there's basically post, and there's the A, which is in the middle there, and kind of figurative. Okay, what does Bridge City Church believe? That's what everybody wants to know. Everybody always asks me, what do we believe, Pastor? And now, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make many of you really sad today. I am not going to tell you what we believe because we don't have it as part of our doctrinal statement. If you look at the doctrine, you look at the doctrine on our website, you're not going to find pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, you're not, you're not going to find it. Why? Because I personally don't believe in the elders of the church, and as we pray and pastors, we've studied, that there's no one clear, definitive view. I can have a feeling, I think, but you can't prove scripturally in any one way. I can find loads of scriptures on all sides of the fence. I can find, I can give you massive amounts. I can bury you in scripture on both of those. And as a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube and, and you, you listen to Christian radio or Christian TV along, they will confuse the heaven out of you. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, they will. Don't do it. Don't Google don't do it. I'm telling you, it's going to confuse you because there's everybody that says they know and they have the only way. Eh, I thought Jesus was the only way. Just my thoughts. Again, good tensions that I'm trying to balance here. So we don't have a definitive, this is what our church believes. Because it's a secondary doctrine, it's not a primary one that we have to believe in. What must we believe as a church? What must we believe? I'm going to tell you what we must believe. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as, as the only way to heaven. Dead, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven to prepare a place for us. And he's going to come again. Got to believe that God, you be, like, I'm just telling you, we're not like other world religions. That's what we've been really spending three, three, four weeks now telling you. That's really what we keep telling you over and over and over again. Okay, you've got to believe those things. But we don't have to believe on, we don't have to agree on this one. Matter of fact, there's so much dissension. And so many people, it's like, well, if you, see, everybody wants to split into a camp. I want a camp. I want, I want a view. I want my people. Like, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do here in just a little bit. But I'm telling you why I'm saying what I'm saying here. That's, these are all the different ways that we look at these things here. So we don't have a clear one. But this is what we know. Jesus is coming back. Okay? And he's coming back for a victorious church. We know that. And we know that we're all going to stand before God. See, that's what, that is clearly what we believe, okay, and that Jesus is the only way. I already said that once. See, you've got to grab a hold of that because in the Bible, what I'm trying to communicate to you with this slide is there's so many verses, one in every 30 in the New Testament, many people say, many scholars say that there's anywhere from 1,600 to 1,900 verses in the, in, in the Bible that talks about the second coming. 
There's a lot in there, right? A lot, lot, to, a lot going in there, okay? And, and, and the Lord himself referred to the second coming 21 times. That's a big deal, right? Big, big, huge deal. So, the, so we're struggling with what do we know here. So I'm going to tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36 about when he's coming. Are you ready? That was not real convincing. Come on, like... Okay, come on. Matthew 24, 36. This is red letters, Jesus' words recorded. No one knows. No one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. This is like one of those drop the mic, leave the stage moments right there. Come on. As a matter of fact, what I wanted to do for today's message, I just wanted to read this verse and say, have a great day. Pastor Eric, come up and close up, and I was just going to walk off. I was just, that's what I wanted to do, but I thought, no, I just can't do that. Come on. Uh, some of you paid, paid full price, and i got to help you here. Come on, somebody. And, um, but listen, Jesus said he doesn't know. I want you to think about this. There's a lot of people out there that say they absolutely know. And they've, how many of you all have been around long enough to know people keep trying to pick dates? And then they say, oh, God switched it on me. What they're trying to do is do something Jesus can't do. Jesus said, only the Father knows. And, and so what I'm trying to say to you, it, like we want to go, we want these concrete things, but we're missing the point. We miss the point of what, why did Jesus give us this? Why did he communicate all this to us? So here we have what we're going to call our big idea. Our big idea. Here's our big idea right here. God gave us end times information so that we would watch and be ready for the return of Jesus by actively doing three things. Share our faith, live holy and godly lives, stand firm in adversity. Those three things. I do know that. I do know this. This is why he gave us end times right here. Now, I'm going to tell you what what. This has gotten stirred in my heart more than ever. Stirred in my heart. I'm telling you, I am, I am looking for the return of Jesus. Oh, it excites me. There's nothing so great here on this earth that won't be pale in comparison to when we get to heaven. Okay? And, and, and I'm not only looking for it, I'm longing for it. See, when you, when you see end times, when you see and you begin to experience in the thought process of end times and heaven and all these things, I'm telling you, you're going to start longing for it. And not only that, I'm living for it. My whole life, I'm living, I'm living for the end times. I, just, I want you to catch this. Men, we don't think that way. We think, well, he can come after vacation this summer. Many people, I, I, I want to get married or want to have kids or I want to have grandkids. I want to retire first. Listen, I'm not, looking, I, I'm not looking for retirement here on this earth. I'm looking for active involvement in heaven. Come on. There's a big difference. See, but we don't think that way because I listen to Christians talk about heaven and it's like, oh, it's horrible. It's like, you get the wrong view. It's the wrong view of heaven. It's, it, it, heaven's great. 
We're going to rule and reign in heaven. Listen, I keep telling you, my view of heaven is not babies in diapers with harps. You've got to shake that out of your mindset. We have the wrong, wrong concept. No, I believe God's not done with me yet, and that's why, that's why I'm here. But, but I think I'm, I'm, I, this is why he gave us the teaching. And, and, and many people just want to know all the signs of the times and what are we pre-trib, mid-trib. You want to know all those things, but we're missing the point. So what's the point? We're going to watch and be ready. We're going to watch and be ready. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, it says he's going to come unexpectedly. Red letters of Jesus, Matthew 24.44. You also must be what? Ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So what did Jesus tell us to do? Get ready. Okay, let me ask you a question then. What if we knew Jesus were coming back tonight at 6 o'clock? How would your day change? No, I want you to think this way. How would your day change if you knew you were going to meet him and Jesus was going to come, come back tonight at 6 o'clock? Wouldn't your mindset begin to change? Wouldn't there be a shift in your thinking? How many of y'all know the petty little things that tend to bug us in this life probably wouldn't bug us today? Am I right? See, a mindset of get ready, it'll affect your marriage, your parenting, your work ethic, your finances. It'll affect everything. Because we're getting ready. I'm getting ready. Come on, uh, listen, I, I wish you could have experienced the Maranatha days. Maranatha, he's coming. Oh, I'm serious, the Maranatha days. They were like, there was a passion to do what comes next, actively share your faith. We, you, see, when, there was a, when there's a concept of the end times, you just want to share all the time. You want everybody to know because you don't want anybody to miss out. You care about people. You love people. You're like, oh my goodness, I just want you to know, don't be left out. I mean, yeah, we might have been a little freaky and a little weird with it. Amen, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I remember those days. But it produced a passion for people far from God. How many of y'all could use a little more passion for people far from God? I can. That's me. That's me. That's why I'm looking. I'm longing. I'm living for it. Everything we do as a church is for it. Come on. Oh, the good news, Matthew 24, 14, about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, and then the end will come. You could make the conclusion here that, that every, everybody in creation must hear the gospel before the end. That's why we believe in missions. That's why we give a lot of money to missions. Do you want to know why? Because we believe in the second coming of Jesus. I mean, we give well over $100,000 away to missions. We're sending people into missions. Pastor Eric's going to missions. We have Honduras, Guatemala, going to Buffalo, the ends of the earth. And then we're going to other places. Come on. We're going to all these places. Why? Because we believe in it. Because we believe we've got to usher in the second coming of Jesus. See, we're not making these, we're not, oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's so nice. I hope, yeah, we're, we're doing nice things with, listen, we're not trying to be nice. We're trying to be active. Are you with me? I, like, we want to be active and seeing people become, be, come to know him. Are you with me? 
That's the passion that the second coming produces. I'm looking. I'm longing. I'm living for it. So we're going to actively share. Do you know that here at Bridge City Church at Murraysville, why we have two worship times on Sunday? Because we believe in the second coming of Christ. And we believe that there's an end that everybody will have. And we're preparing for the end times. Totally different mindset, isn't it? Oh, come to my church. Everybody likes one another. A church that everybody likes one another is a pretty cool church. But no, we're passionately in love with Jesus Christ. And we believe that there's an end that we're all going to stand before God. And I want you to know this God. I'm not waiting to get to heaven for my benefits. I'm experiencing them right now. I'm experiencing the help I need on a daily basis. I'm experiencing the help from my marriage and my work and my finances, and I'm getting free from the burdens of my past and all the condemnation and all the shame and all the bitterness. Come on. See, that's, this is end-time thinking. We're ushering in the second coming of Christ. Change the mindset. Come on, okay, let's look at the second one. We live holy and godly lives. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll just keep going here. Since everything around us, 2 Peter 3.11, is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day, hurrying it along. Right before this, there's a verse that says, the reason that Jesus isn't coming back right now, this is why he hasn't come back. He's allowing us to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God's goal, the apostle Peter wrote it, not Jesus, the apostle Peter wrote it in the verse right before this one, that none should perish. Do you know it's God's heart that none would perish? It's God's heart. So if it matters to God, it should matter to All of us, right? That's why we do what we do. That's why in two weeks from now, we're going to boldly ask you. We're not asking you to give up a Sunday night. What we're doing is we're saying, we're saying we have what we call growth track. And growth track's an opportunity for us all to get together. I'm not going to say, oh, it's only going to take a couple minutes. No, it's going to take three hours. And see, we boldly do it because we're living godly and holy lives, and we're learning what it means to be followers of Jesus. Why do we do groups the way we do? Why do we do growth track the way we do? Because we're preparing for the end times. We're living godly lives. We know that there's an end. We're helping you live for Christ. Are you with me? Total different mindset. I've been there. I heard that. I've done that. I heard a lot of things. You know? But I still need to hear them again. I still need to, I still need to be reminded. I still need to be trained. I'm still being equipped. Aren't you thankful that Pastor Rick's still being equipped? I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I still am. My mind's still getting renewed. I'm still learning what it means. The day I stop learning is the day I've just given up. I become a YOLO Christian. You only live once. Let's just hang out. Let's live this is as good as it gets. Let's just chill, man. Who wants to go to growth track? When is the milkshake factory? Right now, man. Go to growth track and then go to the milkshake factory. Come on, somebody. Like... I'm not saying you can't have a milkshake. All I'm saying is go to growth track first. Just my thoughts. Come on. That's just my, just my thought. 
But what I'm trying to say is growth track is three hours, and we're going to train you and equip you and give you a path to grow, and so you can be equipped. Just the same reason we ask you to go to group, to help equip you, to help you get connected so that we can live holy and godly lives. How else do we live holy and godly lives? We're going to be self-controlled. Yeah, we're going to be sober-minded. We're going to avoid idleness. We're going to avoid idleness. That's what we're going to do. There were Christians in the, in the Bible that what they were doing was, there were Christians that were just saying, ah, Jesus isn't coming back, so we're not going to work. Listen, this is a great teaching, but you still got to go to work tomorrow. We're not going to say, ah, Jesus is coming back. That's what they were doing. They weren't doing anything. No, we're going to avoid idleness. We're going to work hard. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. See, big difference. Are you tracking this? Okay, so God gave us end times teaching so that we would, we would actively watch and be ready and we would actively share our faith, live godly lives, but we would also stand firm in the face of adversity. Stand firm in the face of adversity. Oh, adversity comes. Maybe I'm getting a little older, but you know what adversity really does? It shows me what's important. Adversity in life shows me what's really important. It reveals what's important. It's a re revealer. But you know what we can do? We can stand firm in the face of adversity, knowing that there's something far greater going on than we can see right now. This is good end times teaching right here. This is the end times teaching we need. But see, if we get all wrapped up in what the here and now, we miss the point. We miss that God wants us to share our faith live holy and godly lives. He wants us to, listen, stand firm in the face of adversity. Because adversity happens. So people ask me all the time, is, are we in the end times? Again, you, you can turn any radio on, you can turn anything on, and they will be glad to tell you exactly what you should think. We are definitely, I don't believe, my personal opinion is not, we're not in the great tribulation. That's my personal, again, I'm, I see I'll separate Bible from what I believe. I'm being very careful there. But I do know this, we better get ready. That's what God's asking us all to do. Because there's, it, it's getting worse and worse. Are we in trying times? Absolutely. I think, right? Are we in difficult times? Absolutely. Do we need to be a people of faith? I'm telling you, faith, matter of fact, we're going to spend the whole summer building your faith. That's what we're going to do this summer. We're just going to build your faith and build your faith and build your faith. That's what we're going to do. But we're, we're, we're in it to win it. So I can't tell you what... what Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I have some leanings. I have some thought processes. If you take me to a really super good place for dinner, I'll tell you what I think. But that's, I'll just leave it at that. But I do know this. At Bridge City Church, we're preparing for it. Not in a fearful, kooky way. Not in a, oh, we're up. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Come on. But what we're going to do is we're going to be serious about it. We're going to fill these seats. Right. We're going to keep sending people on missions. 
We're going to keep giving sacrificially, financially. Do you know why we give? Do you know why Pastor Eric's going to lead us in an offering just a little bit? You know why? Because we believe in the end times. We believe we're preparing for it. Takes it off of sacrifice. Oh, what was me? No. I'm giving because. And he's going to give you some, some stats. Wow. Are you with me? Let's not miss the point. Let's not waste time and energy arguing over pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip. Let's not waste time arguing over these things. And let's, if we, let's, let's allow our passion, let's allow our looking for, our longing for, and, and, and our living for the day Jesus returns. Let's agree on that. And let's agree on, let's get to three and four and five worship times on a Sunday. Why wouldn't we? It's an end times mindset. So let me give you a quote here. The degree to which we long for the return of Jesus is a measure of the spiritual condition of our lives. To the degree we long for the return of Jesus is a measure the spiritual condition of our own lives. I'm looking for, I'm longing for. Maranatha. Are you hungering for heaven today? No, really. Is a, is a, is a little bit of passion starting to burn again? Is it... That was my prayer for you. That's been my prayer for weeks leading up to this, is that you're going to look passionately to heaven. So let me tell you what I absolutely do know. I'm very convinced of this at Bridge City Church. We believe in a real heaven and a real hell. I could have given you hundreds of verses on each one. I just picked out a couple. When you believe in a real heaven and a real hell, game changer. Game changer. Game changer. Because it puts everything in perspective. And we, we share our faith. We're going to live godly lives. We're going to stand the test of adversity. We're going to look for it. We're going to long for it. We're going to live for it. That's what our passion is. And this is what our passion, because we believe that there is only one way to heaven his name is Jesus. That's what we believe. If you've heard anything today that was helpful to you, would you just stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you. Anything that was helpful, you said, man, I did, that was helpful. Or, man, I, now I'm not saying you never heard it before, or, or maybe you did, did hear it first, but man, that was helpful. I needed that. How many are like me today? You're saying, you know what? I need, a, I need a, a passion for Jesus again. I need a passion again. I need a passion for, 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 for him. I need to look for and long for and live for. And man, I need to share my faith more. And man, I want just to guide my life. Is anybody here just saying, you want more passion for this? And you're like, keep your hands up. I'm going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray over every hand that's up right now, Lord. God, my hand, God, here we are, Lord, just saying, God, we need passion. We need you once again to, to light a fire of Maranatha in our hearts, Lord. 
Lord God, once again, Father, light us on fire. Create a hunger, Lord God. I need to be hungry again for you and what, what matters to you, Lord. And God, help us as a church, God, hasten and, 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 and hurry along your time to come back, Lord. And thank you for making a way to heaven for us, but thank you for making a way to, for freedom right here and now. In the name of Jesus, Lord. So you can put your hands down. Listen, if you're here today, you're here today, and you don't know for certain where you would spend eternity, 1 John chapter 5, 13, these things are written that you would know you have eternal life. That verse changed my life, and I want it to change your life. You know, you can know for certain today where you'd spend eternity by what Jesus Christ did on his cross. Died, sinless life, he died, was buried, and rose again. That's what he did. And if you would like to make today your day where you receive him into your heart, you receive his forgiveness, and you receive his leadership. If you'd like to make today that day, you do so by saying, God, forgive me. I've sinned. I receive the only way to heaven. And Jesus, now lead me into this new godly and holy life. Teach me what it means to be a follower. In Jesus' name. Now, on every couple seats there's this blue card if that's you today and you're saying man I want today to be my day I want you to put your name on there there's a pen with this and fill that out and on here there's a I want to make Jesus the forgiver of my past the leader of my future check that off just write it down and on your way out today there's a there's a there's a little offering basket right by the door you're going to put this in there as your offering as your life to Jesus today you're going to say you're going to take you and say I'm going to put my life for Jesus today. And then we're going to pray for you. We're going to encourage you. So as you sit down, you're going to fill this out. And on your way out, you're going to drop this in. And we're going to pray for you and welcome you to the family of God. How many of you are so excited that you came to church today? Come on. You can be seated. Pastor Eric, come on up and wrap us up. Thanks.